Stephen, uh, thank you very much for giving us some time on this Friday. How are you doing, sir? Hey, we're doing uh, doing pretty good. Just uh, obviously a disappointing uh, uh, afternoon yesterday, and uh, not being able to uh, you know hang in there at the end and get the win. I thought our guys battled hard, but at the end of the day, you got to take uh, your hat off to the Raiders. They they played better, and uh, uh, we've just got to. Uh, continue to improve. Good news is we got some guys who are going to be working back in again this week as well in terms of Marcus Lawrence and our, our two wideouts, uh, CD and Amari. So, you know, feel good that uh, we're going to continue to improve. But right now we're not uh, uh, where we need to be. A big talking point after that game, Stephen, not only from from Jerry and Mike McCarthy and a lot of the players was indeed – the officiating and in 28 total penalties that were called in that game pass interference being a huge one I know you're on the competition committee you know when you see a game that has that amount of penalties is that something that you guys talk about in the offseason I'm sure as football fans they probably don't enjoy seeing a game that's that impacted by the officiating and is there a way to maybe make pass interference calls not have that much of an impact on games in terms of allowing a team to really march that far down the field? Maybe you make it a 15-yard penalty, or how do you assess that? Well, we've gone over it ad nauseum uh, on the competition committee, obviously. Uh, you know, it's not, uh, you know, you'd like to think uh, you're not going to have games where there's 28 penalties. I know, uh, obviously, people are focused on uh, four, our 14 because we lost, but there were uh, 14 on the other side as well. And totally understand the DPI. What you really get into is these guys, at the professional level, are so skilled uh, at what they do. Uh, the cornerbacks, the safeties, uh, everybody included out there, they're so athletic that we just feel like you would have a, a lot more uh, DPIs when guys are beat and uh, being, hey, I'd rather take 15 uh, than give up a big catch and uh, you know give up the 40 or 50 yards, and you might even see more of them. So it is something that we go over uh, extensively. Uh, I'm sure we'll continue to go over it. I don't think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, uh, anybody likes to see 28 penalties in a game. It is disruptive to the game. It's disruptive to the flow of the game. I don't think, uh, you know, that that's the intent. And, you know, obviously those guys, uh, you know, that particular crew, they do, uh, uh, you know, throw more penalties than normal. And obviously I know our, our league office up there, we have a grading system and I know, uh, they're having conversations with those guys about it. But uh, as I said to start this uh, part of our conversation, I mean, 14 were called on the Raiders as well, and I'm sure uh, they felt some of those were a little over the top as well. But, uh, uh, you know, we just have to focus on what we can do something about. Uh, you know, we, we've got to get our penalties uh, in line. Certainly, uh, you know, I know Connor Williams uh, has had a tough year, and that's why McGovern's in the lineup right now. Uh, you know, we've got to go out there and do something about it. Uh, they're obviously, uh, you know, stressing some things this year, uh, whether it's offensive holding or DPI, and we've got to continue to get our hands around it, improve on that, and uh, uh, get those penalties out of our game, especially if we want to be the team uh, we think we can be down the home stretch. It's Stephen Jones with us here in the nosebleed seats. Uh, Stephen, what went into, what was sort of the thought process behind the, the, the rotating of the offensive linemen? Well, we've got seven really good uh, linemen that could start on most teams and uh, just really felt like we were wanting to 
uh, kind of see how these guys did. All of them deserve to play, and uh, we'll continue to get our hands around what's the best uh, situation for us as we move forward. But Lyle has obviously been a mainstay for us uh, for many years here. Uh, Terrence Steele's obviously playing really good football, especially at the right tackle spot. And, uh, you know, Connor Williams has held down that guard spot for many years as well. Uh, but as I mentioned to you early, he's, he's been battling the penalty bug as well. And uh, Connor McGovern's been playing good football. So it's just uh, trying to work through it and find out the, the, the best combination. And uh, I know uh, between uh, uh, Coach McCarthy uh, and uh, Coach Philbin and uh, Kellen, we'll figure that out. You know, one of the things, Stephen, I think most fans are, um, you know, really curious about, not just with the Cowboys, but really a- across the league, it's one thing that, that fans and-, and people like to talk about is just, you know, what the process is of, of making these in-game decisions in the moment. Uh, and-, and it always really ends up falling back onto the plate of the head coach ultimately. But the process involved, how many people are involved in these decisions, for example, Greg Zerline, 59-yard field goal. Some people would say, hey, maybe you should go for it there or whatever it may be, or uh, calling a timeout or uh, you know, any type of in-game, in-the-moment decision. And I'm curious, kind of, what is, what is the process like? Ultimately, when, it, when it's in that moment, is it really just Mike McCarthy deciding for himself, kind of based on the knowledge he has in lead-up or whatever it is, just kind of a gut decision for him or are there people in his ear saying, Hey, we should probably kick the field goal here or, Hey, we should call the timeout here. What, what is it in game, the process like when it comes to making those sort of game management decisions? Well, you, you covered a lot of territory there in terms of uh, uh, the different decisions that a head coach does have the final call on. It's obviously, uh, uh, you know, coach McCarthy's call uh, when those things, as we know, when they go your way, uh, you look really smart when they don't go your way. People are going to uh, be critical. And uh, every head coach understands that. Uh, I've served on the competition committee with over a dozen of them. And, uh, you know, when we're going through different things that, uh, you know, fall on, in the lap of the head coach at the end of the day, they're very aware of that. And uh, uh, But, you know, if you want to start going down through it, uh, you know, in terms of two-point, whether you go for it for two or one, uh, you know, they all have their charts in terms of, uh, you know, analytics and, and what those analytic charts say. Uh, uh, certainly there's a feel for the game as you go go as well. Uh, you go to Greg Zerline and a 59-yard field goal, he's, uh, you know, got one of the stronger legs in the game and, uh, and felt like he could make that. Obviously, it kind of got away from him right there at the end and hit the goal post, but a very makeable uh, field goal for him that we felt like uh, would give us a lot of uh, – uh, momentum if he could hit that field goal. Obviously, he didn't. Uh, the defense did a good job of stepping up, and uh, we survived that and uh, ended up moving forward from there. And then, you know, then there's just the go for two. More and more you see uh, teams, um, and not the go for two, but just going for it on fourth down, especially as you get uh, to midfield and uh, the other team's territory. You see more and more teams uh, looking at their analytics and and deciding what's in the best interest of the team. Obviously, you're taking into an account the flow of the game, uh, how your offense is playing, how their defense is playing. I know Mike does does all of those things, but at the end of the day, it does fall in the lap of the head coach. Stephen Jones with us here on 105.3 The Fan. What is the confidence right now when it comes to Greg Zerline? I know you stress competition, and Liram Hyrulah, who did a nice job in his one start, he's been around with the club. Uh, any chance that maybe Greg Zerline's job could be in jeopardy at all? 
Not at all. We feel really good about Greg. Had a good hit on the 59-yarder. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, that's why we moved the extra point back. It was the breakover point to where it really becomes a play. The extra point had become, you know, a non-play in our game. And I think everybody decided to be in the best interest of the game uh, to challenge, uh, you know, the extra point even more so. And not unlike uh, Kansas City missed their opening extra point against us the week before, uh, it can happen. One little miss hit and, uh, and you miss the extra point. But we have the utmost confidence in Greg, and uh, he's our kicker. What did you think of the way uh, Dak Prescott performed yesterday? I thought he was uh, outstanding. Obviously, the thing started slow, and, uh, you know, he's just a competitor. Uh, you see his focus on the sideline, how driven he is. And, uh, you know, he never felt like uh, we weren't going to win that that ball game. And I uh, thought he played really well. I know he had, a, you know, some throws like any quarterback has that you, you wish you had back. But uh, uh, I just think we're so fortunate to have him as a quarterback and leader of this football team. And I know here as we get ready to uh, go down the home stretch, which is uh, at the end of the day uh, where you get your momentum headed into the playoffs, uh, uh, feel good that he's upright, uh, that we've got uh, a lot of players coming back, our offensive line uh, healthy. Uh, I think we've got a lot of things uh, that we can build on, and we just have to play better football. We have to clean up our mistakes. We have to clean up, obviously, the penalties, and uh, we think we can have a, a great football team. Is the uh, the health of the offensive line sort of the, the main thing that we're pointing to for sort of the lack of rushing production over the last few weeks? I think it goes hand in hand. I mean, you talked to, remember, we talked, uh, have had several conversations with Nora Turner, uh, you know, post our early 90s Super Bowl run. And, you know, a lot of times the pass sets up the run. And, you know, when you're missing two of your biggest playmakers in a game, then you can imagine what the other team's thinking. We're going to make them beat us throwing it. And there's a reason why you have 21 and $22 million receivers. And there's a reason why you have, million and a half dollar receivers there's probably a difference and so uh you know it certainly enables the defense to defend you differently when you don't have two of your uh, best playmakers on the field i just think that as we move forward uh, the health of the team in general is going to pay off for us as we head down the home stretch uh any health update on zeke he seemed like he was uh, he was really fighting through it yesterday he is, but he's a competitor. And uh, just like a lot of players this time of year, I think he said it. Now, there's a lot of players that have dings as you uh, get later into the season. And he's a competitor. Uh, he wants to be out there playing. And, you know, we were trying to spell him some yesterday. Obviously, Pollard's a, a hell of a back, a hell of a playmaker for us. And, uh, you know, trying to uh, really manage him to some degree uh, uh, yesterday. Stephen Jones with us here on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, a bright spot yesterday, and, and he probably is every single week, is Micah Parsons. He broke the Cowboys' rookie sack record again. Was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, I, I know that he's been thrust into an edge roll because of the injuries, but with how well he's played, is it hard not to kind of keep him there moving forward even when you get Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence back? Well, he's been productive uh, whatever role we put him in. and He's gotten pressure on the quarterback from all spots on the field. Uh, one of the things I noticed yesterday when he, he does play some more in the middle and he spies the quarterback, obviously uh, uh, Carr was able to make some plays scrambling. Uh, you don't see that as much when he's 
you know, he's playing inside and out a little bit uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But it certainly is going to be helpful when we get to Marcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory and uh, Neville Gallimore back in terms of getting pressure on the passer and making plays on, uh, on the ball on the defensive side of the ball. Deshaun Jackson, uh, again, it seems like every time he plays the Cowboys, he has a great game, and, and I'm, I'm sure that, that doesn't go unnoticed. He's been a free agent many times. Has there ever been a consideration when he's out there as a free agent, maybe we should just sign that guy, no matter how deep our wide receiver room is, just so we don't have to play against him? Well, he's a, he is a great football player, and he does seem to step up against us. He's made a lot of, of big plays against him, of course, have played in the East a lot and seen him. Uh, make plays uh, against other teams as well. I guess the situation's always been as such that, uh, you know, the two sides, uh, it, it had never been a timely uh, type of situation that would work uh, whenever he's been available. But, boy, hats off to him. He had a great game yesterday, and he's made, uh, unfortunately, a lot of big plays against us uh, over the years. Any update on Neville Gallimore? You mentioned his potential return. Uh, any idea when that might be? Yeah, we, we expect most of these guys to start uh, being available starting this week and uh, moving into the next week or so. And Tristan Hill looked like he had a pretty good game. There was an incident after the game uh, on the field. He kind of threw a punch there, which I'm not really sure what was all involved, but it seemed like he had himself a pretty dang good outing. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I don't have any details on the after the game incident other than I did hear about it, but uh, he, he is. I mean, he plays plays really hard as you can see he's making plays up the field down the field hustling sideline to sideline uh, he's really brought some energy uh, to that defensive line group and certainly as we uh, get guys back it's going to be real interesting as we're able to uh, you know really roll these guys and uh, see what kind of plays they can make Stephen day after Thanksgiving uh, what is your favorite Thanksgiving leftover food <laughs> I'd have to go with the turkey sandwich. Oh, ah, good call. What do you put on that bad boy? A little turkeys and a little mustard and pretty good stuff. It is some good stuff right there. All right. Oh, and the most overrated Thanksgiving dish is what, Stephen? <laughs> I don't think I have one. I enjoy most of them. I've got to try a little bit of everything. So uh, uh, there's not uh, much that if someone puts it in front of me, I won't enjoy it. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for giving us some time here uh, the day after what was certainly not a game that it didn't go the way we wanted to, but let's get back on that winning track on uh, next week, next Thursday night against the Saints, and we appreciate your time, sir. Hey, I appreciate you guys, and uh, enjoy your family this weekend. Hope everybody out there uh, has a good holiday.